Hey everybody, this is Jacqueline Kitzman and this is Awaken Tarot, uh, the podcast where I come out and talk to you about tarot. Uh, my guest this week is one of my favorite people to have on this podcast. They're my husband, Gabriel. Gabriel, say hi. Hello. Hello. And Gabe is actually on this podcast every single week. He is the man behind the scenes, the wizard behind the curtain, the very, very bald genius that makes me sound like I know what I'm talking about. That's impossible. That's great. Thanks, hon. So anyway, I asked Gabe to be on. Um, one, like, I really value his input, his insight. He's here. Um, <laughs> two, uh, there are there are just going to be some weeks where I, I just, I'm busy. I can't, um, my work schedule is 60 plus hours. Um, and, you know, like, I've also been exceedingly tired lately. So, you know, we kind of come home and nap and then we get to the weekend and I'm like, it's Sunday and I've not interviewed anybody, so I interviewed my husband, who actually is very, very good at tarot, and um, the way that he reads runes, kind of coming into how he reads tarot, always makes for really interesting observations and insights. So thank you for letting me use you, my sweet, sweet bald husband. I always love having you on. You're welcome. Oh, well, you're welcome. Uh, okay, are you ready for me? <laughs> are you ready for me to shuffle and pull a card? Hit me. Okay. Okay. The uh, Our card is temperance. We're going to talk about temperance this week. This is exciting. Gabriel, we are using the Smith Rider weight deck. Could you describe temperance for those who don't have that? I'm always glad to get a card that I know little to nothing about. <laughs> I'm always glad when you get a card yes, you know little. I, I know that's the idea. It, <laughs> it definitely does it on purpose. Okay. So, so temperance here. There appears to be an angel-like figure on the front. They have their, they're wearing a long white robe. They have their feet in the water. They have gold, golden curly hair, and their head is shining. They have a pendant on their I'm sorry, head. their hair is shining? They're, they have little lines coming out. Some of, people would call that a halo. That, that could also be that. Okay, shiny, conti continue. Just shining just, hair, halo. Just thought I'd correct that early on. Same. Did you read the Bible? Did you read the Bible? No, I didn't. Okay. okay. <laughs> so this person has a shiny halo hair and um, a triangle and a square on the front of their... I like symbols, so I, I, I try and find those things. Um, a, a triangle and a square on the front of their robe. They have big red and red and blue colored wings, so kind of, kind of purplish. Um... I, I think I said their feet in the, are in the water, and in the background is a sunset over over a mountainous landscape. Beautiful. Thank you. Oh, one last thing that I'm sure is important. They have a cup in each hand, and they're pouring what seems to be water from one cup to the next. Good job. Like they're mixing a drink. Mixing a drink. Okay, so Temperance is a really fun card. Um, if I were to ask you, or, okay, let me rewind this a bit. There are three lines in the major arcana. Temperance is in the major arcana. And there, the three lines of the major arcana are life, death, and rebirth. And if I were to ask somebody who wasn't familiar with the major arcana being broken down into three lines and say, what line do you think temperance would be in? You'd say... It's unfair. I already told you which line it's in. 
um, you would most people would say rebirth, but actually, I don't know what I would have said. Actually, I know it's in in the death line, but were you that's just like one you of just didn't know whether know. to be serious or joke? Yeah, kind of, <laughs> I suppose. Okay, so temperance is actually at the very end of the death line, which is fascinating to me because most people would be like, "Well, death should be at the end of the death line," but you you would be wrong. Temperance is. And temperance, death to temperance. So we talked, I don't know if we've talked about death on this podcast. I know this podcast like the back of my hand. I don't. Um, I try real hard. So death is the, and I think I've talked about this on the podcast. It's just not been a subject. Death is the biggest contraction we can have. It is the most nothing we can be, but it's not an ending. And in the death line, it is this makes it very very clear death is not an ending it is a contraction it's a big contraction but it's not the ending because at the end of the death line we get temperance which is the biggest expansion in the entirety of the major arcana um to go from death to temperance is rebirth and the reason that rebirth ends the death line is because it is a reminder to us as humans it reflects nature it reflects you know kind of like our souls, our humanity as a whole, death is not an ending. It's just an event that leads us to temperance, and temperance leads us into a whole new way of being. So temperance is actually rebirth, and then we go into the rebirth line, which starts in the devil, which is very fascinating. I would love to talk about the devil someday, um, because I would love to talk about it being a, another huge card of expansion. Anyway, temperance. Um, thoughts on that, Gabriel? I know you have a lot of experience with death. <laughs> I don't know if you mean That's that actually serious? or if you're, okay, or you're so I opening meant, that door. <laughs> so I actually, I meant you have a lot of experience actually, unfortunately, with death, but I, I meant for it to sound kind of like you not being dead. I'm killing the joke myself this time. I'm taking, good, just talk to me about what you think. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, it is, it is interesting to me that death is not the last card in the death line and that rebirth is and maybe it's maybe it's just not as obvious as 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 it should be maybe that rebirth is a part of death which is kind of an obvious statement considering it's in the death line um but i'd never really thought about it in that way that a part of death is rebirth which is comforting in a way if you think about death as you know, not just a tarot card, but in actually somebody dying or something like that. Yeah. Well, intemperance is also, you know, I think that I think and I and I don't know if I've talked about this on the podcast yet, but this is something that I think temperance ending the death line is something that really resonates with me because it is a reminder that when we die, we don't go back to fool. We don't die and then like, okay, that's it of this life cycle. Go right back to full, start over and reincarnate into something new. That's not how it works. You go into rebirth, which is a which is an extension of your past life. It is you kind of unlocking as you were in this life all of the secrets. It's kind of that chance for you to get to go back and see and know everything before you start over back into like the fool, which is that tabula rasa type embryonic state, I would say. So it's kind of, the rebirth line is kind of like unlocking the secrets to everything. It's kind of like the angel that meets you at the pearly gates. It's kind of the 
they're kind of giving you almost, you know, you talked about them holding a cup. And a lot of people, when they see temperance um, and, and the cups in this, it's kind of, they're talking about a miracle. They're talking about, you know, they'll talk about this as, well, if you look at the way the cups are angled, there's no way anyone could possibly pour water at this angle. And, you know, you could, they really get into the physics of it. But I, and while that may be accurate, I tend to think of it more along the lines of this angel is giving you kind of, the, their cup of secrets, their cup of like information. They're kind of like, they're greeting you in this new state and they're pouring you a glass of the knowledge they know and guiding you into rebirth because your journey's not over. You're just in a new state. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, a lot more than, than it did when I pulled the card in New Zero. So <laughs> <laughs> definitely, but I can definitely see that and picturing it in that context. Like, it's a it's a very comforting card. It's something that I would see and think that everything is going to be all right. If if there was a catastrophe happening in my life, I would pull it and 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 be instantly thinking about. If there's a catastrophe, have you been on Twitter lately or <laughs> like seen the news? Or? I was saying hypothetically and letting people draw. Their I don't own think we have to live in a hypothetical tragedy or tragic occurrence anymore. I think we're target was, right there. It is comforting. I am glad to see this card. I'm glad. <laughs> Thank you, card. Thank you, card. For um, coming in the middle of 2020. <laughs> God, it is the middle. It kills me. I can't. Um, yeah, so temperance is kind of this greeter. It's this, um, you know, I, I want to point this out because have did you notice, Gabriel, the little crown halo? So the angel has very hangman-like radiance or halo coming from their head, correct? Mm -hmm. But there's also a halo down here right? Yes. It's kind of signifying that this angel is not more holy than the state that you're in. You have your own crown kind of here waiting for you. Once you accept this cup and drink and come into this knowledge of all that rebirth is and learning about how life works and energy works and kind of getting clued back into that thing you forgot when you went into Tabula Rasa in the state of the fool before you were born, you come back, you drink this water, and all of a sudden you also have this halo because at some point you will be the angel waiting for somebody on the other side, extending them. Nobody is more holy, more miraculous, more angelic than the other. Not in life and not in and not in death either. That's, that's an interesting thought because... Well, I'm an I, interesting person. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I meant that offensively. Fight <laughs> um, me, Kitzman! <laughs> um, I'm... Just kind of picturing myself in the scene of this card in this dead pool of water. Yeah, well, a after after death, figuratively or actually, like coming into this pool of water and having been greeted by this this wonderful angel, and then there's there is a pathway to the sunset to the mountains where this other quote unquote halo over the sun is, and it seems like I'm gonna drink this cup, crawl out of this pool, head that way, and and be the same. Yeah, just like an amoeba crawling out of the ocean for the first time to become a dinosaur. I feel like there's a fuel factual to become a scientifically. dinosaur. We'll just take all this out and post edits. <laughs> um, no, you're right. It is you kind of you take this crown, you take this knowledge. Now you're going off with. So the idea throughout the the major arcana is that characters or people that have this halo kind of emanating from their heads, they have knowledge that you don't have that you're being encouraged to have. So in temperance. The card that happens after death, the introduction to rebirth, 
You are given this ability to take this crown of knowledge, put it on yourself, and now in rebirth, we're learning all about the things that we were experiencing in life that we couldn't see, we didn't have access to, kind of, you know, in the Major Arcana, their own kind of bald wizard behind the curtain that now we get to pay attention to and get to see and work and learn from. We put this crown on our head, and now we're invited into all of this knowledge. It's kind of like we get these, you know, these x-ray glasses into the energies that work all around us in life on a supernatural level that you don't get to see with just human eyes. So you take that crown and you go down this path and now you kind of get to relive, go through experiences, see like all of those times in life you were like, why is this happening? And you get the temperance and it's like, please put on this crown and now you can see why all of this is happening or you can see how life works. Um, it is kind of this miraculous card. Like reaffirming. Mm-hmm. Um, can I ask a, a silly question? Absolutely not. Mostly for... You know how serious this podcast is? <laughs> I, I feel like this question is mostly for our listeners. Definitely not for me, because I understand completely, but... <laughs> God, the ego. The I'm ego. Kidding. I have no idea. I, I want... I don't completely understand how, and maybe I just need to hear you say it, but how the word temperance plays into all this. Welcome to my next point. Okay. Okay, so what does temperance mean? I would like you to tell me that. Do you know what temperance means? I, off the bat, no. Like, temperance to me means, um, it relates to your temperament. It means calm your temper in my head. Okay. Um. Yeah. And I... I know that's not exact. That's just as much as I know no, about the really word good. temperaments. But like, that's a no. You're right. Um, temperance is about even evenness. It's about being balanced. It's about yes, calmness to have like a calm temperament. To temper something is to. Can you hear my cat meowing outside the door? She misses me. She'd like to be featured someday. <laughs> you said when she grows up. I'll interview her next week. It'll be fine. Um, it is temperance is about. You know, you would say that someone is intemperance if they're no longer, if like you're an alcoholic and you go to, you know, I almost said triple A and you go to AA, not triple A. That's two different things. Um, And you, you kind of become sober and you live this life without that kind of need for or that addiction to mind altering substances to try to control your emotions right? And you're able to now, without substance, control your emotions, you're in a state of temperance, correct? Evenness, balance. And that's kind of what this card is, because in temperance, you're neither, you know, in the rebirth line, it's this introduction to you're neither, your your trip in the body that you're in, in the soul, and all of the stuff that you've learned in your life, it's not over. You're both dead, but you're alive too. Your story's not finished. You're in this state of temperance, correct? kind of in this state of being in between the things. You're neither dead nor alive. You're you. Now you're just you on a more spiritual plane. You're kind of in this state of temperance. Does that make sense? Yeah. 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 And I think that people get this confused a little bit. Or, you know, not even that. I shouldn't say that. I think that sometimes when we pull temperance, it can definitely be like, get your shit together and stop drinking so much or get your shit together. And um, I don't know. What else? In terms of AAA, they... They provide. Don't take my bad metaphor and, <laughs> and make it worse. Let some. It's dead. Let it die, um, and let it learn from itself. <laughs>
you know, I think people pull this and it's they think it's kind of this nod or this major arcana like telling them to get their shit together and even out and be more even keeled. And, and I guess it can be that if that's what temperance means to you. But really and truly, it's about really understanding the situation in full and about doing letting what needs to die die in order for you to come back to a state of balance, in order for you to come back to a state of understanding and enlightenment. Does that make sense? I think that makes sense. I just thought of it in terms of of the cups and and where you're emptying out what you don't need and filling up with what you do so that everything is is balanced and so that you understand understand completely so that you can go into rebirth using the cups was good for me to understand that. Yeah. The the cups water is definitely about kind of this intuitive emotional um, it could even be said that temperance in this case is standing kind of in this river of your intuition and you yourself, this is your higher self greeting you and giving you finally access to this unending intuition that you kind of tap into all of your human mortal life. And then once you've reached the other side of death, that rebirth state, now you have access to all of this intuition in a way that is very tangible in a way that you didn't before. So yeah, let's say I let's say I pulled this in a reading, right? And let's say my question had something to do with some life-altering event uh, that I had no control over that could possibly kill me. Like hypothetically, let's just throw out there a pandemic. Yeah, I, I knew you were gonna say that. Crazy, that would never happen. Uh, and I pull Temperance, and it's kind of you know, it's a card that's basically saying, how do you live in a state where something could really kill you? And at the same time, still feel like you have some sort of control over your life, right? Well, the answer is be fucking considerate. Like your your needs, your personal needs of like not wanting to wear a mask and wanting things to go back to normal, they're not more important than the needs of the whole, correct? You know, it's the same kind of idea for the Black Lives Matter movement. If you're white, you have this privilege and you can choose to be like, none of this affects me. And you're right, none of it affects you because you're fucking privileged. So you so you ask a question about potentially, like, how can I get more involved, like, with everything going on in regards to the Black Lives Movement, Black Lives Matter movement, and you pull temperance, well, it's like, we're all connected, every single one of us. You have to care about things outside yourself. Things have to change, so you need to let that privilege die, you need to let that way, the way that was, you know, the, we're trying to get out of what has been a problem for over 400 years. So you have to be in rebirth. You have to allow yourself to be you in a new place and not, and like not let that completely shake you and let that, don't let that make you on the offensive or get overly defensive, like become part of the solution, not the problems. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. My stomach thinks it also makes sense. So temperance really is kind of this invitation to think outside your personal your personal life and think about the things outside of you that affect all of the people that you're currently living with in this lifespan. Not just your family, not just your friend group, not just the people that you talk to on a daily basis, but literally every single person on the planet that is being affected by the things happening. You don't just get to check out. Temperance is really about telling you and reminding you that things are bigger than you. And you need to even out that ego and that privilege with compassion. That would be a way to read that in that sort of reading. Hmm. Yeah, I I can definitely see that. I'm not surprised at all that this card showed up right now and 
with everything, I I definitely think that this is one of the biggest contractions. It's at least in in my life for sure. All of twenty twenty and two thousand nineteen as well. It, that was a banner year for sure. But yeah, interesting. Temperance is. It's a really enigmatic card. It's a card that I feel like a lot of tarot readers really keep in this narrow kind of box, you know, of, oh, it's talking about my bad habits. It's telling me that I need to really like, you know, from you need to stop biting your nails to I need to stop s- stealing my parents' pharmaceuticals. You know what I mean? Like, it's really, and, it, and it's, it is about that. It is about temperance. It is about acting better. But really the root of it is about becoming a better you and letting the old and old way of being die. Because it's not always about literal death and literal rebirth, right? It is very often about our cycles. about, And that is why rebirth doesn't mean going back to fool. Because if that's what it meant, we wouldn't have a rebirth line. It would just go back to the lifeline. But death isn't the ending. We have this chance in rebirth to actually carry out being a better person than we were previously. So when you go through that contraction, we have kind of, we have two options. We let death be the very fucking end of it and we just stay in that contraction and spiral out. Or we go through that deep and dark contraction and then we expand into this bright energy of temperance And then we go forward in that newness, dedicating ourselves to changing and bettering. And not just that, but bettering the people around us. Yeah. It also puts a new light on um, death in general and, you know, the act of actually dying or, you know, metaphorically um, going through the largest contraction that you can. You can't have the biggest expansion without the largest contraction. And so there's... A part of death and temperance that you can, I don't want to say look forward to, but at least be grateful for in some way. And I'm sure you mm-hmm. learn that in temperance. Well, yeah. Well, and it also says something that we go from temperance, which is this large, you know, expansion. It's temperance. Is, it should be, you know, it's not always going to feel comfortable, but it should be a lightning, right? It's when we go through death, it's about feeling nothing. And when we get to temperance, it's not always like, oh my God, I feel holy and magical. Sometimes it's like, oh man, like I finally see. And it's, sometimes it's shame. Sometimes it's guilt. What te- what it, temperance is, is finally being able to feel again. I don't know if I have any Haunting of Hill House fans out in the audience, but it is one of my very favorite TV shows. It's on Netflix. It's a horror story. But more than that, it's about a family and about them going through their struggles and traumas. And there's a scene at the very end of the series where a character named Theo, um, she can feel things. And she touches someone that has died, and she becomes that nothingness. And the only way that she can learn to feel anything again is by doing something really kind of shitty to her sister. Something that's, she did like a really shitty thing. But she, while she really apologizes and feels terrible, she hurt her sister. She's not sorry she did it because it brought her back into feeling. And that feeling that she felt wasn't, oh, thank God. It was shame and guilt and sadness. It was this expansion of emotion that finally allowed her to understand width of human emotion and understand just exactly what she did and why it was a problem. And that the human experience of those emotions is better than 
nothing. Is better than nothing. That's right. And I think that, you know, specifically, and it's it's hard to ignore, like, this is what's going on in the world right now, right? It, it in, in regards to what's happening currently, there is this amazing ability right now, this amazing change that can be happening in regards to human rights for the Black community. Like, they are fighting and protesting and for just the fucking ability to, like, walk down the goddamn street without a pl- without the police killing them, basically. <laughs> and, you know, and along, you know, with that coming up also brings up all of the other ways that systemic racism has really oppressed, specifically Black people in America. Um, and we get to, you know, we get to temperance, we pull this card. And it's also kind of a card that's like, okay, now don't forget. Don't, don't start and then stop and then start and then stop and then stop and then forget. That's not where we are. We're in temperance. We're not in the lifeline where we go through those pitfalls. And we're not in the death line where we go through those ups and downs. We're in fucking rebirth. (laughs) Like, we've changed. And now we have to stay changed. That doesn't mean you post a black box to your Instagram wall like a month ago and just assume that that's your activism for the year. No, it means that you actively decide to be an ally. If you're white, it means you actively begin to talk to your white family members, to communicate with people and correct them and offer education. It means that you amplify black voices. You don't do it just for that one day. You just keep doing it. It's not it's not a fucking like one and done thing. This is rebirth. This is change. This is what we're seeing in America right now. We have this ability to take hold of this change for for the people that made America what it is. Black people made America what it is. And they're asking that basically white people just stop killing them and oppressing them. That's the thing. So rather than just letting that fall down or letting that movement die, we need to really embrace temperance and go into rebirth with that. Right? Yeah. Yeah, for sure. So we get this card. You know, I don't think that it is a coincidence we got this card. I think it's incredibly important. And, you know, when we came in, I was like, okay, so I guess this week I'm going to do an episode and interview somebody. One, it's great that I'm talking to you because... Well, you're my husband. I love you. And you're fine, I guess. But also, like, this is a conversation that we have and we talk about how to deal with, you know, you specifically, my family. I have, like, eight people in my family. <clears throat> and they're, I mean, some of them are ignorant as hell. But the, the way, like, the communication is open for me to to kind of, like, educate and talk. And windows and doors have been open. And they're getting more and more comfortable talking about, yes, there is racial disparity in this country. Whereas with your family, you have an abundance more people, and a lot of them are, they land on that ignorant side of things. It's a, it's a lot more difficult to have conversations there, but you're doing it. Like, every single day, you're, you have a much better ability to stay in that temperate mindset. Like, you don't let them push you to a place where the conversation just becomes two people, two white people screaming at each other about nothing. You're able to stay temperate and keep hitting them with facts. Like, no, you're wrong, and this is why. And you don't get turned off when they yell at you or when they say something mean about you. You just keep going. You know, that is a level of temperance as well. Yeah, and, you know, digressing a little bit, the, the conversation is, it's it's so much easier to demonstrate with with a fact um, and use that as the as the starting contents, context to form an opinion. Um, 
<clears throat> I posted recently on my Facebook page. Just something for the family. I have a lot of family who post uh, a lot of a lot of things, not necessarily against black people, but definitely not admitting and acknowledging white privilege like they should. And, you know, it's hard because these are people that I grew up with and that I love. And so talking with them and explaining how how they need to change, whether they get it now or not, if they're if they're shown the facts now, like you can plant that seed. And so that's kind of the direction that I take. I don't have an expectation to, you know, have them have them start, you know, posting completely different things tomorrow. No, like, but you're that in that situation, you are that kind of temperance angel waiting for those family members to come to this place of rebirth so you can give them that knowledge, that crown on the side as well, and share with them that information, introduce them to the compassion it takes to really care about things, right? I suppose, yeah. Yeah, so we come full circle back to this idea that temperance is more than just about controlling your personal bad habits. It's also about controlling and helping initiate or bring others into this understanding of their bad habits as well. Because sometimes we are the people coming to the angel to take our crown and move into enlightenment. And sometimes we are being invited to be the angel and invite others into that enlightenment. Yeah. Okay. Um, do you have anything that you want to add on temperance? No, no. Definitely learned a lot. I, I had not thought about and not being the one receiving the information, but being the one giving it, I think that that's, I think that there's lots of people in our lives who, I mean, if you have a good friend, I think that you are, that this is a good exchange to have between people. Yeah. Um, I think that, um, and this is, and just like this last bit, and then I will allow us to peace out of the podcast here after the collective reading, of course. Uh, but there was a thing that I saw on Facebook earlier, I think it was late last week, actually, and it was about white people, specifically white people who say they're Christians, who land on the MAGA side of things. Um, and they're using, like, um, they read the Bible, and I think in this in this post, it was called the Dins Disney Princess Theory, or analogy, wherein when white people read the Bible, they always read themselves as the hero. They're always Esther. They're always Jesus. They're always the person the hero being oppressed upon, they're never the oppressors. And that's a problem because if we were doing our job at, or we, if they're doing their job as Christians, <laughs> being they would be holding themselves accountable by making sure they're not the oppressors in this situation. When the Confederacy began in the United States, Confederates used their Bible and highlighted passages arguing that they needed to own slaves because the Bible specifically gave them the ordinance, the, the holy ordinance to own slaves. They twisted the Bible into what they needed to make this point that this is why they needed to legally be allowed to own other people. And it's fucking bullshit. We all know that. It's bullshit. It's, a, it's one of the million reasons that all of the Confederate statues need to be taken down. But specifically, it is a huge way to highlight the fact that 
we are not always the hero in these stories. We're not always the person. We're not always what we think we are. And when we're reading tarot, or if you use any kind of, you know, rhetoric like the Bible, um, hold yourself accountable and really think about who am I really in this story? Because the truth is, we're not always the hero of something. We're very often the oppressors, whether that be in something really big, like becoming an ally for the black community, or whether that also translate into, you know, your marriage, if you're having a fight or a disagreement, like, you know, both people tend to take these sides of I'm right. No, I'm right. Look at the situation, kind of ask yourself, am I the hero of this or am I the oppressor of this? I think temperance asks us to consider who we are and how we are contributing and how we're helping. Fiend. <laughs> Mike, drop. <laughs> well said. Oh my gosh, you guys, I just love getting to have Gabriel on the podcast because I like to monopolize all of his time, always. Uh, thank y'all for listening. It was a really great episode, but as we all know, this is the part of the podcast where I come out and throw a giant temper tantrum because you all don't know, but Gabriel and I know that we had an entire um, collective reading recorded that glitched somehow, so now we are re-recording. But our collective reading this week is, uh, y'all are going to laugh, it's the reverse three of wands. The collective reading this week is the same as it's been for the last few weeks, close to over a month now. This is a whole new territory. This is new land. You know, when we look at the two of wands, okay, think about the two of wands and the Smith Rider weight. You have a person holding the world in their hands and they're standing kind of in front of, but also in between two wands, right? Kind of forms a doorway. And the three of wands, the person has gone through these two sticks forming kind of a doorway and is holding a walking stick, looking out over the land. They're kind of Mufasa and Simba-ing it, if you will. Everything the light touches. Well, yeah, so you guys get it. This is my second take. Bear with me. So the idea is that we're exploring and cultivating this new land, this new world, and this is where we're at still. Um, spoiler alert, we will be here for a while because we are cultivating this new way of being. We need to keep change going. The suit of wands is about fire. And so we have to keep that momentum going. This week alone, another black man was killed walking home in Colorado, in Aurora, Colorado. He was murdered by three policemen whose body cams fell just off. They fell off and they murdered him. His name was Elijah McClain. His last words are in a post on my Instagram. They're also, all you have to do is Google Elijah McClain. We're adults. We have the capacity to Google things. It's horribly sad. The bare minimum we can do is talk about it, say his name, sign a petition, and just really continuously learn to be allies because they're fucking dying. It's not that difficult, you guys. We can do so much better, okay? And the three of wands in reverse is just telling us to keep going, not stop, not get bored, not post a black square in our timeline and then forget about it forever. Like, this is something that is going to be continuously needed because this change is so desperately needed. Without exaggeration, lives are at stake, okay? So in the reverse three of wands and that energy this week, further look into what it means to not take up space you're not needed in, to fight harder and harder to be an ally, 
to support Black creators, to support the Black community, because the world is changing, and we should support it, and we should allow it to change, because it's needed. With all of that being said, this is technically my third mic drop. (laughs) I'm going to go to sleep now. Gabe, take us out. (laughs) 